This is a main hustle media podcast. Hey y'all, this is Javi Nicole, aka your favorite lesbian, and you're listening to Black Radical Queer Podcast, our stories on our own terms. Hey y'all, this is Javi Nicole, aka your favorite lesbian, your girl's favorite lesbian. Everybody favorite loves me. <laughs> um, so I'm actually uh, on this episode. I want to really just introduce myself, I guess, to you. Um, let you all get to know me a little bit better. Uh, when I started Black Radical Queer, my original intent was to do an episode where I introduce myself to the audience and kind of just let you know a little bit about me and my Black Radical Queer story, I guess. Um, but as I got into my conversations with my guests and I started recording and everything, I really wanted to get those conversations out to you all. And that really that ended up taking precedence, I guess, over me doing this kind of introductory thing. And I decided that it was something I could just circle back to and kind of let you all know who the hell is Javi and Nicole? Like, who am I? Who is this person that is hosting this this show every week? Um, I realized that I have listeners all over the world, which blows my mind. So I really want for those folks who don't know me, because I, I recognize that there are a lot of folks who listen to me who are like friends or acquaintances, you know, at least who have some type of knowledge of, of who I am, but not everybody. Um, so I'm really uh, humbled by that. I'm really excited about it and just want you to know who you're listening to and who I am. So um, I'll just start with a little bit of, I guess, generic, not generic, I guess, basic <laughs> info, basic demographic information. So I am, um, my name is Javia. That is my real name. Javia Nicole is my first and middle name. Um, and I'm Javia Nicole Benjamin on Facebook because I'm married. So and Benjamin is my wife's last name. So um, I am 30 years old. My birthday is April 2nd. So I am an Aries gang gang, <laughs> um, stubborn Ram. Um, I live in Los Angeles. I relocated to Los Angeles from Atlanta, Georgia, which is home for me. Um, so LA is, you know, becoming my second home as I get acclimated here and kind of get settled and comfortable and all those good things. So, um, I'm married, as I mentioned, um, I've been with my wife for, um, over six years, almost seven years. Um, but we just got married this year. So we got married. Um, we did two weddings technically. Um, we did a courthouse wedding in March. Um, and that was in Atlanta. And then we did our like wedding wedding, I guess our big, bigger, it wasn't big, but our bigger wedding, our destination wedding in Mexico in May. So, um, you know, we're still in the newlywed time frame, but we've been together for, um, for a minute and, you know, came cross country with each other and all those good things. Um, I actually was born in Florida, in Orlando, Florida, but, um, we, my family is from Georgia, like our, I guess you could say like our um, family home and where most of the folks come from is from a small town in Georgia. So we, you know, moved to Georgia when I was really, really young. So Georgia is definitely home for me. Let's see. I, in terms of just kind of general things that I like to do, um, so I love to write. Um, it is a bit sporadic, I will admit. Um, I kind of go on these um 
I, benders, binges, I don't know what to call them, but I'll have these chunks of time where I will write like my life depends on it. Like I'll just write and write and write, just can't stop. I'm just being hit with all this stuff to write. Um, and that'll happen for a while. And then, then that'll kind of settle down. And then I may go months without writing poetry and stuff like that. And poetry really is my first love. I do love poetry and I'm expressing myself in that way. But yeah, I can go months and months without writing. And then I just go, you know, have a month where I'll just write every day. <laughs> so it, it kind of fluctuates. Um, but that's still still my first love. Um, I love music. Um, just love it. Um, I'm very much like a music nerd and a music junkie. Um, I actually used to belly dance. Um, I, I belly danced for, I want to say six years. I, I just stopped belly dancing. This is 2018. So I think the last time that I um, performed or anything was 2017 was last year. Um, yeah, so it's been a while, but I, I did that for a while. Um, it was really enjoyable. I also am into photography. So um, and that's and, and modeling I was doing. I started out doing modeling, which introduced me to photography. So doing both of those. Um, so, you know, those are some other interest and all that good stuff. But um, as I relocated and as I talked about in the previous episode, you know, dealing with depression and kind of just adjusting some of those things, I don't, well, I don't belly dance anymore. Um, I don't really model. Um, I, I would do shoots and stuff when I go back to Atlanta because um, that's where all my photographer contacts are. So I will do some stuff like that, but I don't um, do it as much. I used to, you know, have shoots on a regular basis. So I don't really have them that regularly anymore, just kind of periodically when I'm in town in Atlanta. And um, for photography, it's something I always kind of go in and out of. I love it. Um, even with it, I love that it's something I can do even with my vision not being great. <laughs> um, so that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm, I'm a beach bum, so I love the beach. And that's honestly very high on my list for being out here in Southern California because it is a tough transition. But that was like other than my wife, you know, that was like the other thing that I was uh, looking forward to. And the thing that I was, you know, really holding on to when it was tough and when I was really struggling being out here. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Um, I don't know. My favorite food is macaroni and cheese. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm very much a foodie. So I do enjoy um, a lot of different types of food. I love Indian food and um, Japanese food, Mexican food. So of course, being out here, Mexican food is bomb. So it is, it's just amazing. Like, so my little um, heart is happy because I can get some of the best Mexican food. Being here. Um, I love like sushi and stuff like that. I like trying new things. Um, I am also a beer snob. Um, and I used to say, oh, I'm a lush. I actually, I don't drink um, as much as I used to do kind of in my party days, but I actually do just enjoy like good drinks and good beers and craft beers and trying different wines and stuff. So at this point, it's become a lot more, um, it's become more experimental and um, exploratory as opposed to just like I'm drinking because I'm partying. Um, I really have more of a, um, it really is something I kind of approach more from my palate, <laughs> I guess now, as opposed to just drinking just to drink. So yeah, um, so foodie, beer snob, um, love to travel. Um, and that's something that I really enjoy um, that my wife and I have in common. So I'm, I'm glad that we do because we both are very much like we have that wanderlust. So we like we got to go somewhere. You know, we can't go super, super long without having some type of trip. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, travel is definitely pretty big. Um, I guess that's, you know, some really general stuff. Um, but in terms of the things that kind of make up my identity and why I am, you know, black radical queer. So I guess my connection to black radical queer 
and why I chose that and why it is me is <laughs> the best way to describe it. I'll just give you all a little background about who I am and me just, yeah, me coming into my identity. So um, I remember, I mean, when I was younger, um, like probably five years old, having like a crush on a little girl, what I ended up realizing was a crush later on. Of course, at, the, at five years old, I didn't know what a crush was, but Looking back, um, the first time I remember having any type of um, attraction or crush or whatever was around that age was this girl that my grandmother babysat. And um, we um, I would like play with her and stuff like that. And I just remember really liking her and wanting to be around her all the time. And um, when we would play, you know, like playing house and playing doctor and all this other kind of stuff. I it's like I very much wanted her to be like this feminine counterpart to me. So I wanted to um, I wanted like to be the doctor and her be the nurse or to be um, the daddy and her be the mommy and those kind of things. So I actually for a a while wanted to be um, a little boy because I was like, well, um, I would have to be a little boy in order for her to be those things for me. Like I had to be a little boy in order to be the daddy so she could be the mommy, which was my five-year-old logic. (laughs) You know, that was my five-year-old reasoning. So, you know, so for a little time, um, I wanted to be a boy. As time went on, as time went on, um, I started to, you know, kind of go through school and I would have like my friendships and all that kind of stuff. Still very much had crushes on girls. I still through elementary school didn't really, I didn't know like what, what gay was or anything like that. I just knew like, Hey, I like this person. I like that person, you know, nothing major. I liked boys too. Um, but I do realize that me, my crushes and like me liking girls and stuff definitely came first. Like I recognized that attraction before um, the attraction to guys. So um, the first time that I remember starting to feel like, um, I don't know, maybe shame is the right word or just feeling like something was different about me was when I was in fifth grade. Um, I had this friend who I had a crush on. And so around this time, this is when I started to actually understand what it meant to have a crush. And I really liked her. I wanted to be around her all the time. And I really feel like we had this very intimate type of friendship. Now, not sexual. I wasn't having sex, um, but just we had this closeness. um, And I felt this need to like be protective of her and to comfort her and um, be kind of her go-to person. Um, Um, you know, and I just remember like wanting to hold her hand and wanting to hug her and just all those kind of things. And so at that time, that's when I started to connect the dots between, you know, what attraction was and, you know, understanding crushes more fully and all that kind of stuff. So I was really, I really liked her. Um, but at that time, that was the first time because before her, I had liked, you know, had crushes on boys, on girls. Um, I had liked girls before, but at that time, that's, the first time I actually felt like I needed to downplay it or hide it. Um, and in the past, it wasn't like I was, you know, skipping around like, oh, I like this girl. I like this girl. It's just not something I even thought um, twice about. It just was what it was. I didn't feel the need to kind of um, broadcast it or even really talk about it. I just felt how I felt. But by the time I got to fifth grade with this particular um, friendship, that was when I, I don't know, something, there was some kind of shift. And so then I was just like, I felt, um, I guess some shame or I felt like I needed to hide it. I felt like I needed to downplay it. And I can't say that it was because hmm, I think part of the reason was because I wasn't sure how she would respond, even though based on our interaction, I felt like in our interactions, we were very like vulnerable with each other. And I, the vibe that I got was like, like there was this mutual kind of us being enamored with each other, but 
this was just the first time that I just felt really, really scared about, um, I guess, showing really just being um, more expressive about liking someone. And I don't know. I don't know all the things that happened around that time in my life. But I just remember that was the first time that I started to question like or have doubts about it or just feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say anything or maybe this is something that is wrong. That's the first time that thought ever entered my mind. Prior to that, I had never felt like me liking girls was wrong or was something odd or strange or something that I needed to hide. I didn't broadcast it, but I didn't feel like I had to hide it. So it was just very neutral. That's why I didn't feel the need to necessarily broadcast or hide it. I just was like, this is what it is. I like girls. Um, These are just the feelings I have. But with her, um, and I guess it's just me getting older and me starting to, my understanding of the world starting to grow. And that was the first time where I felt um, turmoil, any kind of turmoil about um, liking a girl. And it wasn't because I felt like, ooh, she doesn't like me necessarily. Um, it was just because I just was like, ooh, I, I feel like maybe there's something wrong with me feeling this way, right? But at that time, I still didn't really have any, um, I guess you could say, conceptualization of gayness, homosexuality, lesbianism, nothing like that. So I didn't have that language or that framework or ever to, or anything to like think about it in that capacity. Okay, so we move on from that, um, go to middle school. You know, in middle school, I'm just... Uh, I still recognize attraction to girls, but I also have attraction to boys. Um, Get to high school. And once I get to high school, I just remember I was in chorus and um, we kind of had our chorus crew and there were a lot of queer, um, queer folks in chorus. And this girl just one day told me um, she was like, oh, you're gay or something. And I was just like, I just kind of looked at her. I didn't I didn't reject it. I didn't feel angry by her saying that or anything. It just really was like, hmm, I really just remember not really knowing how to respond. I was just like, it was like something I had never considered. I had never thought about. I don't know. I just had never connected those dots. And so when she's but when she said it, it kind of, you know, set off that um, light bulb. And then I started to actually think about it. And then I started to connect those dots of me and my attraction and me being queer and all this kind of stuff. So at the time I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm attracted to to boys and I'm attracted to girls. So I guess I'm bi. So I ended up, um, so at that time, once I kind of had this, uh, coming out to myself, then I started to feel more comfortable. Um, I guess being a little bit more open with my attraction to girls. And I started to seek, you know, peers and kind of want to hang around to other queer kids and, you know, have crushes on girls and stuff like that. But, um, I ended up coming out. So at this time, I was about 14 and um, I came out to my mother and my grandmother as bisexual. <laughs> so it was crazy. I don't know what happened right before, but I just remember like I came home and I told them I wanted to talk to them. And so we're in the kitchen. I was like super nervous. I was shaky. I was really shaking. And my um and I was and I told them that they might want to sit down. <laughs> so I'm like the the drama of it all. But I was really nervous. Um, So, you know, they're sitting down. I think my mom was like, oh, I'm okay or something like, you know, what's going on? And then my grandma was sitting down at the dining table. And I was just like, you know, I just want to let you let y'all know that I'm bi. So um, my grandmother was like, oh, okay. She just kind of, it was nothing. <laughs> she just kind of took it um, and was like, oh, you know, I, I already kind of had a feeling that you like girls. And, you know, I just from observing you um, growing up and stuff like that. So she was like, okay. My mom was caught off guard by it and was like, you know, she was kind of shocked. And then initially she was like, I hope it's a phase. I hope it's just a phase. And I was like, well, I've, you know, felt, 
attraction to girls for as long as I can remember. So I don't think it's a phase, but okay. You know, so we just kind of <laughs> left it at that. Um, and um, that was pretty much it. So once once I came out, um, we didn't really talk about it very much. We maybe had like one other conversation about it. I think she mentioned it to my um, stepfather, um, to you know her husband at the time. And he was just kind of like, you know, um, he was um, accepting or whatever. Um, and my mom wasn't like, oh, hell no, blah, blah, blah. But she definitely was just like, as if she said, you know, oh, I hope it's a phase. And she just kind of like shut down for a while about it. Um, and then she started to kind of like look at my, my friendships differently and stuff like that. So when I would have um, friends over, like I remember I had a friend over and we we're just kind of in my room and then my mom was like, wait a minute, um, you're not about to be in your room with the door closed, um, you know, with her. It's like she kind of had that realization like, oh, wait, no, you like girls. So you can't have privacy with, you know, what I'm saying like you're not about to be up in here um, with the door closed and y'all in the room and whatever. So that started to happen. And she started to kind of like look at my friends more closely and I guess was trying to figure out if there was anything going on with any of them. Um, and so I just remember having this friend who was more masculine presenting and um, and we were just super cool. Like that was that was just like, I don't know. We just clicked. Um, we had a lot in common and she was really sweet, um, but it wasn't we didn't have anything going on. Like we weren't, uh, you know, dating or anything like that. We just were like really cool. But when my mom met her, because she was like, you know, more masculine presenting, I know initially my mom was like, hold up, you know, and then once she got to know her and she's because I don't think she believed me at first when I said that that was just a friend. But once um, once she started to get to know her, she really ended up liking her. And it was really interesting to me because then after a while, she was like, you know, she started to kind of become more okay with the idea of me dating her. And I'm like, but I'm not even interested. You know, we don't have that kind of interest in each other. Um, Like we, yeah, it just, we were just cool. So, um, so she started to kind of like, I guess, become more okay with it, but she was still hoping that it was a phase. And that was something that we ended up circling back to later. It wasn't until years later though. But yeah, so at this time she's becoming more used to the idea of me um, being attracted to to girls and stuff, but she still, you know, kind of feels how she feels about it. So, um, so we, you know, I go through high school. Um, during high school, I, you know, start to kind of like date a little bit. Nothing too serious because I, it wasn't like I was just bringing girls home or nothing like that. And, um, but you know, just being in school and being out. Um, you know, I wasn't closeted or anything like that and starting to gravitate toward other queer folks and us just hanging out. And so I got to have like the first little girlfriend and first kiss and like those types of experiences. So all that happened. Um, and then I, I go through, so I go through like ninth grade, 10th grade, um, and then at this time, yeah, I'm, I'm having like my little girlfriends, but it's like those situations where it's like we primarily see each other at school. It's not like we're having a lot of time to hang out outside of school because we're, we live with our parents and stuff. And, you know, there's still there was still some tension you know, around for, for both for me and, you know, whoever I was dating, like in terms of our sexuality and all kind of stuff. So I went through some interesting experiences <laughs> during that time frame. Um, I had someone's, this girl I was dating, her grandmother, like chased me. Um, it was, it was crazy. Like she like chased me out of the house. Cause I was like hanging out with the girl. She chased me out the house and then she like followed me in her car. Um, it was, yeah, that was kind of scary. Cause I didn't know what she was going to do. Cause she was being really like 
aggressive. It was just, it was crazy. So went through that kind of stuff. Um, so then, you know, during this whole time, like outside of a few conversations about like, oh, well, now that she knows I like girls, like I can't be up in the room (laughs) with the door closed and you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then there was conversations like I, I was very much a tomboy and even my mom kind of had like that tomboyish style and I, my style was a lot like hers. But once I came out, there was certain stuff that she didn't want me to wear. She was like, I don't want you walking out my house looking like a little boy. Now, mind you, it's like I've been wearing baggy clothes and all the kind of stuff. But once I came out, then it was like, oh, no, I don't want you looking butch, you know. So we had some, you know, some back and forth there, some tension there. Um, but overall, it wasn't something that we talked about a lot. Like from the time I came out at 14 until um, really we didn't really have a outside of those, you know, those moments that popped up, like the thing about my, me dressing, you know, me looking quote unquote butch or um, the not, you know, having the door closed with girls in my room. Those little moments were just kind of peppered throughout the rest of my time in the house, which is until I was 18. So from 14 to 18, I could probably count on one hand the number of times we actually talked about or like, you know, my sexuality came up. Now, during this time, I did actually circle back to my mom and um I remember telling her, I'm trying to think, did I write it? I don't remember. Um, but it, whether I wrote, I may have wrote her a letter. Um, I think so. I think I wrote her a letter and then we end up having a conversation. So I wrote her a letter, um, at some point in this time. So by, so I came out at 14, by the time I was like maybe 15 or so, maybe like within a year, I circled back and was like, I know I said I'm bi, but actually I'm a lesbian. <laughs> so, um, I was like, you know, I thought that me coming out as bi would be more, um, acceptable or like, you know, be an easier transition. But the reality is I don't feel the same way about boys. I do about girls. Now I was attracted to boys. Like I was, but I just didn't think about boys the same way I thought about girls. And so, um, you know, so when I circle back with that, my mom was kind of like still kind of on the, I hope it's a face type of thing. Um, and I was just like, well, it's not. Cause by then I'm, I was frustrated. And I'm like, well, it's not, you know, whatever. So we didn't really talk about it. So yeah, I can count on one hand the number of times that we talked about. Um, I can count on one hand the number of times that we talked about my sexuality from the time I was 14 to the time I was 18. Okay. So we, um, yeah, so we, um, you know, life goes on or whatever. By the time I get to my senior year is when I encounter my first love. And um, my mom was not like, my mom was not having it. Like, my mom was just like, and, and my first love was a little bit older than me. Um, but my mom was just like, Mm-mm, like, you're not going to be able to to see her. But the thing was, um, we worked together. So I would see her anyway. And then, um, and I wasn't really, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't have many experiences of kind of like, you know, sneaking out and doing all that kind of stuff. I did have a, I did have a time, a situation where, um, I snuck this girl in, like we were just sitting down talking or whatever, but my mom ended up coming home while we're sitting in the dining room. Oh my gosh. Um, so my mom was like, yeah, you need to go. But, but I didn't have like a lot of situations of like, you know, necessarily sneaking around. It was because with my first love, since we worked together, I saw her anyway. So we saw each other, um, you know, just on a regular basis. Cause I would go to, um, go to work at school. Um, and then sometimes, you know, in the midst of that, we might like go, we would go and like have a meal, you know, have, um, get food and stuff like that during that time frame. So, um, that was kind of, I guess my little workaround. So yeah, so get through all of that. Um, I'm, you know, I'm out or whatever, but it's not something we're having a lot of conversation about. I move out. So, um, I move out the house and, um, I end up going to college and, um, I was kind of, I was at this point, um, 
me and the first love, like we had split up. I wasn't really seriously involved with anybody. Um, I was kind of doing some dating or whatever, dating some girls and blah, blah, blah. Then I, um, I met this guy and I mentioned him before on, um, another episode we, on the episode where we talked about bisexuality, but I met this guy and I ended up really liking him. So it was so crazy because I was 18 and, um, or 19, one of those, <laughs> I think I'm, mm, I don't know. Well, I was 18 or 19. So, um, ended up meeting him, like really liked him. So I ended up, um, me and him dated and stuff. And then I brought him home. So brought him home to meet my folks. And now mind you, we, me and my mom hadn't talked about my sexuality very much, um, over the years. And, um, and then since I had been at the house, we hadn't really talked about it and I hadn't really been seriously involved with anybody. He ended up being the first person I was seriously involved with when I went off to college. Um, so I had just, you know, had little flings that was dating and was doing my thing, but that was the first relationship. So that's who I brought home. And I just remember my mom, you know, meeting him and all this kind of stuff. And then after he left or whatever, we were just talking and my mom was like, okay, he's nice, but he's, I don't feel like he's the one for you or, you know, that's, it's not, he's not it, you know, type of thing. And so, um, that was, then we kind of got into this conversation about my sexuality or whatever. And that was the first time we talked about it, um, in a while, but we didn't go into depth. So we, um, you know, talked about it a little bit. Then we move on. Some time passes, me and him ended up splitting up. So it was after me and him broke up and, um, I was transitioning from going to one school to another. I was, I was going to Clayton state at the time when he and I were together and I was transitioning to going to Agnes Scott where I ended up graduating from. And my mom worked at Agnes Scott. So, um, that was one of the reasons why I was transferring. I wanted to be closer to my mom. I wanted to see her more. She was going through a divorce. Like I wanted to, you know, be around her. I'm a mama's girl. So, um, we, um, so yeah, we got into a conversation because it was like, we started seeing each other more and it was the summertime before I was about to start at Agnes. And we just, one day we were just walking and my mom just out of the blue was like, um, she was like, you know, I want to apologize to you. And I'm like, for what? You know? And she was like, well, you know, when you told me, um, who you are and you told me this thing about yourself, like, I was like, I hope it's a phase. And, you know, I was kind of like dismissive and she was going into explaining why she felt that way. And she was just like, you know, you're already a black woman. And so I immediately started worrying about, oh, this is another target on your back. And, um, you know, I don't want for you to, you know, so all this kind of, so we started talking about that and I started telling her about experiences that I had had, you know, in terms of um, dealing with discrimination or gay bashing and all that kind of stuff. Um, But that at the end of the day, like I still have to be myself. So, um, so yeah, so we talked about that. Um, But that was, you know, the first time where she was just like, you know, um, I don't feel, she was just like, you know, I don't feel that way anymore. You know, I just want you to be yourself. And she was saying that me having the relationship with the guy put some things in perspective for her because she was like, you know, I recognize that, you know, you were in love with him and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And not like you all um, were terrible together, but she was just like, it just didn't seem like, ultimately who you were going to end up with. Like, it just didn't seem like that was it. And, you know, she was like, you know, I remember how you were just like having little crushes on girls or like, you know, with your first love. Um, she was like, it, I, it just wasn't the same. And so, you know, that made her think and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so that was kind of, um, you know, my coming out and kind of have circling back and having this reconciliation with my sexuality in regards to like me and my mom and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
us being able to get to a point where we had some type of reconciliation as opposed to it being in limbo or us not really talking about it. Um, so that transitions into me being poly. So I, um, it was in college around the same time <laughs> that um, I realized I was poly. So I didn't know that term, but it was just how I navigated my relationships. When I had the boyfriend, um, you know, I still was very clear that I still liked women. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I met this guy. Women don't exist to me anymore. I still very much liked women. I still very much wanted to be with a woman. And I was honest about that with him. So we ended up getting to this point where I, um, we had this, some mutual friends, if some folks I met through him actually. And then we ended up, we would hang out as couples. Um, but the, the girl, um, in the other couple, she, ended up kind of acknowledging that she had some type of attraction to me. Um, but she was, you know, kind of curious about it or whatever. And, um, you know, and we, we did have a good rapport and I was like, okay, cool. So basically we ended up having a situation where she and I started to develop our own little, um, I guess you could say like a friends with benefits type situation while we each had a boyfriend. She had been with the same guy for years, like since high school. And, um, you know, they, and then they all went to school with my boyfriend at the time. They had all gone to high school together. So she and I started to develop like our own little relationship. And it wasn't in secret. Like they were aware, like it's something that we talked about, like, hey, we're kind of interested in doing this. And we had, you know, their support, um, at least initially to kind of develop this relationship. And so then I was able to have the relationship with him, but also have some type of relationship with the woman. And so that was very fulfilling for me. Um, that that's a whole other story. (laughs) I won't get too, too deep into that, but that was kind of one of my first really like a poly type of relationship setup. Um, and at the time I was like 19. And so, after that, I just got into this um, this habit or this thing where I was very open. Like, you know, I would be with someone, even if I had interest in other people, I was just very open about it. Um, and I had the capacity to develop these meaningful relationships with more than one person. So when she and I, you know, had our, basically our relationship, my relationship with him didn't suffer. Um, I still had, you know, each, I still was able to approach each, each relationship individually. So any issues that we had, it, w- it wasn't due to her or whatever. So yeah, so that's just, I started to notice how natural it was for me to be able to navigate these um, multiple relationships um, at a time. And for me to be able to like, not just acknowledge like, hey, I, ha- I have attraction to these multiple people, but to also be like, hey, I actually want to have something with one one person and I can do that and just be honest about it. But it wasn't until later on that I learned the term poly. It, so at that time I was 19, I probably didn't learn the term until maybe like 21 or something like that when I actually, you know, learned what polyamory was. But that was really kind of like my first poly type setup relationship. And then from then, um, after he and I split up, um, I kind of, for a brief time, I ended up essentially dating a couple. <laughs> um, so I was like a third um, to a lesbian couple. Um and just really kind of exploring these different relationship dynamics. It was real interesting. But yeah, so that's how I kind of came into my poly identity. And then once I was around 21 or so, um, yeah, 21, 22-ish, that's when I learned about the term polyamory. And I was like, oh, there's a name for this. And, you know, I would just, we would just kind of say, oh, open relationship or whatever. But um, then I actually learned, hey, what the terminology is. And I started to be able to put it in that framework. So yeah, so that's kind of my uh, beginnings as a queer poly black girl. Um, and that's really the, the, the foundation for me 
being black, radical, queer. I mean, I've always been very much um, pro-black and radical. And, you know, my mom is radical. And so she instilled a lot of that in terms of that social justice, that attention to social justice was something that she instilled in us. Um, so, yeah, so that was definitely um, where that came from. And then the addition of the the queerness was, you know, me coming into my lesbian identity, me coming into my poly identity and um, kind of seeing all the different ways that I am deviant. So I'm radical and I'm queer and queer in more than one way. <laughs> um, so that really those are the things that kind of help shape me being this person that I am today and really inform um, my worldview and stuff like that. So, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, that also kind of addresses things that people usually ask me because people do ask me a lot about me coming out. Um, people ask me a lot about me being poly. And so I came, yeah, so I came out at 14 again at 15. So <laughs> came out as bi at 14, came back, came out as lesbian at 15. Um, and then I came out as poly, um, using that actual term in my early twenties. But, um, in terms of actually navigating, like being in poly type relationships, um, that started around 19. And I actually like those close to me knew. So those close to me knew that I had these, this, this type of relationship set up. So I am out. Um, you know, I still say I'm selectively out. Like I'm not like necessarily out at work per se, but in terms of just in general, I am out as poly. Um, I am out as lesbian and, um, yeah, that's, that's where that comes from. (laughs) So, um, I hope that this gave you a little bit more insight into to just who I am, my background, my coming out story, my, um, in, in a couple ways. Um, yeah. And I guess in terms of me, um, I don't know, I really just wanted to give some insight into why I, what makes me black radical queer. Um, you know, what is my, what is my story? Cause people ask me that a lot and it's something I've been meaning to circle back to. Um, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much it for now. Um, what I'll do is if folks have any questions, cause people will like DM me stuff and all that. So I can always circle back and kind of let you all know a little bit more about myself. If there's something that I did not tell you, um, of course in the previous episode, like I talked about depression. So I, I have, uh, talk to you guys about my mental health, like the depression and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, um, yeah, and just my, my kind of day-to-day life in terms of me being married and blah, blah, blah. So, so yeah, I feel like that kind of gives a fairly good (laughs) view of who I am and um, where I come from and all that good stuff. But if I missed anything, definitely feel free to just let me know and to just hit me up and, um, you know, let me know what it is that you want to know. And, over time, as I talk to more guests too, then you'll get to know more about me as I have those conversations. So thank you so much for listening. Um, I know this is a little different. It just being me talking and it feels kind of weird, honestly, (laughs) to me to just like talk for this amount of time and it just be me and me just say like, hey, this is some stuff about me. So hopefully it's not boring, but I did want to, you know, properly introduce myself and give you all my story um, since I'm talking about our stories in our own terms, but give you my story on my own terms as well. Um, So, yeah. I definitely appreciate you all listening to Black Radical Queer. It means a lot to me. Like it's still, I'm telling you, every day my mind is blown. Every time that someone else listens to it, some every time that someone um, 
comments on something or tweets me or, you know, sends me a message, it, it never ceases to amaze me. So I'm very, very grateful and humbled by that and looking forward to where this goes. Um, yeah. And really just looking forward to uh, providing what it is that you all need and the stories you want to hear. I have some ideas, um, some new things that'll be coming up on BRQ. So that should be exciting. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to bringing that to you all. So that is it for now. Um, I know that I am your favorite <laughs> lesbian, but I do have to, um, I got some stuff I need to get done. So I'm going to wrap up. Um, thank you for listening and tune in to next week's episode. Bye y'all. Black Radical Queer is a main hustle media podcast hosted by Javi and Nicole and produced and edited by Charmaine Johnson. Music is by Young Carts. You can find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Black Rat Queer. That's B-L-K-R-A-D-Q-W-R. And you can also listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to stay connected to us in our discussion group. It's called the BRQ Discussion Group on Facebook, where we will continue the conversations that we start in the podcast. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.